All right, Red Dawn, baby. Hi, guys. So this episode was recorded back in March, literally one day before the pandemic was declared on March 11th. So if you're wondering why there's not some amazing connections and topical references about how uh, the country is under assault or whatever, <laughs> um, this is that's why. So this is one of the the, uh, the last episodes we recorded. Uh, we were banking pre-pandemic. Um, and so please enjoy Red Dawn. Welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker and a comedian hide up in the mountains of the 80s movies we think we love or love to hate with these our modern eyes to see how well or how terribly they hold up. This is Red Dawn, a movie selection from 1984. What's going on here, my friend? Goes the Alex. emergency broadcast system. We are under attack by conventional forces of the Russian army. It is believed the lead waves were disguised as commercial charter flights. Communications have broken down with other parts of the country. Large areas of the Midwest may have been overrun. They know who all of you are. They're looking for you. You're 40 miles behind enemy lines. I just want to go home. A lot of people away. Where's my dad, Mr. Eckert? One of us loves somebody, Andy. I'm gonna die before it happens. They're gonna kill us! All of us! So why should we be different? Because we live here! Kids, huh? Mama'd be real proud. So the the silent beginning of that was uh, <laughs> all the title cards that said, "Like in our time, no foreign invader has ever occupied American soil until now." Yeah, in modern trailers, it'd be a bunch of like subwoofers and mm-hmm. like Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Red Dawn, baby. All right, my name is Chrissy. Uh, I am this podcast's resident comedian and improviser, uh, director of NCT Improv Comedy Club, and with me as always is Nathan Blackwell, uh, the resident filmmaker. Um, writer director of Squishy Studios, award winning, <laughs> much lauded, <laughs> but no cash prizes. No, you got to get in some of those cash prize thingies. Yeah. Um. All right. So, Red Dawn, have you seen this? 
What do you? <clears throat> so uh, this is the first time I've seen Red Dawn. Is that so? So <laughs> all it took was um, that 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 first like iconic scene where like the school teacher walks out of class mm-hmm. and and greets a bunch of paratroopers who gun him down. And I and I probably saw that when I was six, yeah. and, I, and I go, nope, 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 and uh, I, I say no, thank you, Red Dawn. <laughs> decline. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, and I haven't seen it since. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just you know when it came out, it was it was the first movie that was given the PG thirteen. I think. Um, oh, I really? I thought that was Goonies. No, no, no. I think oh. I think it was Red Dawn. Um, I could be wrong. I I, magic, I I'm pretty sure that the Temple of Doom was the one that caused the debate or of of whether it's going to be PG thirteen or not. But I think if IMDb is correct, which is a fifty right. fifty, I think Red Dawn is the first one that got slapped with it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's just for one reason or another, it's not one of those ones that they can really show on TV that much because it was also at the time the most quote violent movie yeah uh in cinema history like literally statistically right um this is one of the facts in the imdb like did you know 2.23 deaths per minute yeah per minute per minute that's i mean there's a lot of minutes in this movie so many more minutes than i thought (laughs) there were yeah um yeah i mean it is very violent and the violence is uh not cartoonish in any way, right? It's very real and gross. Yeah, um, uh, I, you know, I and, I and I would argue that you know, it like RoboCop is more quality violence. You are absolutely right. And Red Dawn is more this quantity is the f- violence. First PG thirteen movie. You're right. Good, good job. <laughs> Cash prize. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Awesome. Um. I, like with all of our, like, I don't think it should be rated PG thirteen. Like, no, I think it should be rated R. For yeah, sure. for sure. It's like no the whole, only thing that's missing. Thirteen year olds need this. It's not like Knives Out where they need to, to go to the family with their family and see this movie. Like yeah. you know, yeah, this should have been rated R for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. If it had even a, a a teeny bit of sex in it, it would have been rated R. Yeah, immediately. Um. All right, so basically this movie is the story of what happens... Yeah, very high concept. ...if America gets invaded by communist forces yeah. from Russia and Cuba, and what if they took over the Midwest? Yeah, and I'm in on that, you know? Basically, you know, I realized towards the end of the movie that, oh, this is War of the Worlds. Mm. This is basically the same kind of concept of, like, what if we are invaded by something... You know, and we're seeing it from a point of view of re- they, you know, like the normal people. They really have no way of, you know, reversing this army, mm-hmm. these kids, and it's really just more about surviving it. You know, like they didn't cause it; they're not in the most important place in this entire battle. There's nothing that they do that that turns the tide. It's just about what happens to people. Under this situation, how do we yeah, survive? Exactly. And, you know, we meet um, everybody's favorite, Patrick Swayze, and his, like, little crew of boys that he's driving up to school, and he's a football hero. And um, it, the thing is, like, it all happens so fast. Like you said, it all happens so fast. At the very beginning of the movie, we get some kind of weird, like, 
you know, um, just title cards that are like. Yeah, very Escape from New York. And, you know, this is what happens to set up the very yeah. kind of like, you know, there's there's like five or six kind of title cards that, that creates the plausibility that this would even happen. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that Russia gets the worst harvest in like 50 years or and then like Mexico is going through a civil war right now. And so all these different kind of events that kind of would have to happen for this this invasion to to occur. Right. Uh, and then it just like, yeah, they're at school uh, and paratroopers, mm-hmm. tanks, but a boom, everybody's getting shot at. It is a full scale yeah. scary. And, and I really like that we're with their point of view and they don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. It's not like they're getting the news or, you know, it's like no one's going to a TV and turning it on and getting mm. the, the, you know. There's no internet, obviously, and and so they don't know what's going on. They're You're just not reading tweets about it. Like, yeah. hey, are you guys seeing what's happening They're on Twitter? They're just purely <laughs> reacting, and then they they Ooh, hide up bad. into the woods. Yeah, um, but it's their reactions. So I was watching this, thinking like, okay, so it's the people who are reacting fastest who are like not stopping to go through that whole process of denial and be like, what, 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 uh, 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 this can't mm-hmm. be happening. This can't be happening. And instead, they're like. Let's get in that big old truck yeah. with that big old man and get the fuck out of here. Let's load up five cases of soda. Yeah. that's they, they, I was like, they went to the store and it was it C. Thomas Howell's dad's store. Is that it was somebody's dad's. Right. Yeah. yeah I don't, I don't C. Know. Thomas Howell's maybe. I don't know. But they uh, they get like a bunch of stuff, like eight cases of Coca-Cola <laughs> and a football. They're like, let's get this football. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just saw a football uh-huh. and I had to have it. Uh, and boopity boo, they go off to the mountains. Um, and immediately, the two Weasley boys in the group are sort of second guessing the choice that they've made. Right. The nerds. The nerds, yeah. So I, and I loved that part. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, Patrick Sweezy and his, his younger brother, who is Charlie Sheen. Yeah. And their friend, who is C. Thomas Howell. Right. Who, um, who we saw in E.T., right? Wasn't he in E.T.? Mm, he's in The Outsiders. Okay. Well, he should have been in E.T. <laughs> um, they're friends, but they grab these two other boys who just happen to be, like, grabbable. Mm-hmm. One of them's the student body president, and he, they're all standing around like they're just, they have just gotten up into the mountains, and he's like, as student body president, I, I feel I simply must um, state my preference that we don't stay up here in the mountains where there's dirt and bugs and mm-hmm. uh, no, we have to eat olives. Disgusting. <laughs> Let's go back home. And Patrick Swayze and... and Give ourselves in. And yeah, yeah, Patrick Swayze flips out and says, this isn't a democracy. Do exactly what I say. Mm-hmm. And he's like... Your family would rather you were alive. Yeah, you know, and I agree with Patrick. You oh, know, me too. Yeah, exactly. Because they're they're freaking out, and they're kids, they're boys. You know, is Patrick Swayze has left high school? Yeah, but the rest of them are still in high school. But that means he's what eighteen, nineteen, something like that. Yeah, in re- in real life, he's thirty one. I think at the time, but he's timeless. So who can exactly. say? Exactly. Yeah. He's, um. Uh, and he's he, like he just immediately has that point of view of like. No matter what is happening there, we're better off here. Like, our moms and dads would rather we were safe Mm -hmm. than by their sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and Patrick Swayze kind of has to scare them into... 
becoming part of this unit mm-hmm. and, and understanding that they're in a, a life or death survival scenario now. Mm-hmm. Which know? is that denial. It's that same denial that makes people hesitate. Mm-hmm. No, this can't be happening. Yeah, it's the breakdown of society. It's yeah. like a zombie movie. You know? It is, exactly. And I always say that, you know, who's going to be like, there's there's like several categories of people who are going to be just fine when all of that happens. It's going to be the Patrick Swayze's of the world. Yeah, we're preppers. We know how to hunt. We know how to mm-hmm. kill things with arrows. We drink the blood of deer and, and we love it. And we yell at each other not to cry. Like, they're going to be fine. Uh-huh. But you know who else is going to be fine? Improvisers. Improvisers. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be like, oh, I need to yes and this shit. There's a whole bunch of, uh-huh. like, you know, communist soldiers coming at me. Uh, yes. And I need to, like, I don't know, grab some I would love turkey. to run your bread store. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to get out of there, too. And then we're going to entertain the Patrick Swayze's of the world. And they will, uh-huh. therefore, pr- give us their shelter and protection. Yeah. That's my plan. Um, I'm then, in trouble. So they have this little gang, and they... Oh, no. We'll, we'll keep... We, we can come with us. We'll disguise you as one of right. us, Nathan. This is Ruprecht. <laughs> is he an improviser? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course he is. Um, so they... Um, they decide to, like, go scope it out in town after... Mm-hmm. What was it, like, five weeks or so? Or was it three yeah, weeks? Yeah, so I, I, I forget what the, the first time title card is, but we get like an October. And mm, so they've, right. they've been up there for like a full month yeah. or so. You and know? The, the one Weasley guy's like, we can't stay up here. We need stuff. Like he's just doesn't want to be camping anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's understandable. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, and they are, they are hunting to survive and stuff. And they're like, mm-hmm. never shoot twice. Because if mm-hmm. you shoot twice... They'll find you. Yeah, so so to frame this movie, so this movie is is directed by, uh, and I think also written by, John Milius. So John Milius, um, uh, he also did Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he's, he's kind of one of those like legendary film directors who, who came up with Spielberg and Lucas and Coppola and Scorsese. He was part of that pack. Uh, but he was always kind of the... Um, you know, the military nut who'd carry around a gun. What? <laughs> and he was just the, the he was just like a living raconteur of like of stories and weird experiences and um he he's he's kind of like an Ernest Hemingway type. Sure. You know. But um he you know, you can see his Interest and love of not only like literature but also of like military history mm-hmm. and like accuracy, mm-hmm. you know. Other than just the amazing amount of bazookas and and rockets that are fired in this yeah, movie, so like many. if and in eighty, you know, if you if you watch eighties movies, you're guaranteed two things: is ninjas and bazookas. Yay! And so I I counted at least twelve bazookas. Yeah. Uh, that it, you know, and and I may have. You know, left the room to to grab a beverage, so that may not be totally accurate, but there's a lot of bazookas going on. Oh yeah, I think but so. I mean, like even in Conan uh, the Barbarian, which is a movie that we've got to do, um, you could see tons of military history and tactics used in that movie, and you could see tons of that in this as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it feels very real, which is part of what I think is so disturbing. Yeah, about it. So they. Um, they kill a see Thomas Howe like kills a deer and drinks its blood and like the that whole scene I'm like they're fucking with it they're messing with it they don't really want him to drink that blood 
oh, but they do. And he does drink the blood. And then, like, he becomes a maniac. <laughs> he's, he's like... See, was, yeah, see, Thomas Howell is, is the kid who is cracking. Yeah. He's the one who takes, takes to the violence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like... Patrick, you, you've got people on on all different sides of the the spectrum, and and you know even though you could on a surface level say th- these these kids are nuts, they're full of violence, you know. But I but I think they're that, not like they're, they're but they're not. They yeah, have exactly. that like hunt, hunter gatherer live on the land, know yeah. the know the um, Native American history, like know the yeah. I I find that the, the, this movie it could have been more politicized than it is absolutely you know? and i don't think that they are that that, that it is mm-hmm. you know um I, you know and i mean like so what it's not is the green berets with john wayne yeah. <laughs> which is about him in vietnam yeah. like you know very early vietnam movie to where it's all stars and stripes you mm. know american mm-hmm. glory and 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 as we know, Vietnam is like the definition of a quagmire, mm-hmm. of a moral quagmire. And, and and so what we do have in this movie is we've got C. Thomas Howell kind of going overboard. Mm. We've got situations to where they're faced with killing Russians who are like young men who's like, don't kill me, please. And they kill them. So they do have the moral gray moments and, in this movie. And eventually, yeah. And, they, and I, I really like don't feel like this movie is like you said you know rah rah it isn't it so fun to play war and, and kill people mm-hmm. like they definitely have that weight and patrick sweezy oh my god his performance is so great like you really see the like anguish that he has over a keeping these kids out in the forest with him but knowing that it's right and having to like be a dick to them sometimes but when he has to kill people you you really see him weigh whether or not he has to and then like yes i i have to this sucks isn't there like towards the end there's like a three minute scene of just patrick swayze like weeping mm-hmm. um which is like really moving and it's like they're not saying that there's no price right the price is either you become a crazy person or you like live forever with this very like intense sadness mm-hmm. um so they go find their dad at one of the um you know quote re-education camps where they have sent the troublemakers their dad is what's the actor's name he's the dad in pretty and pink oh geez uh, he's got three names harry dean stanton that's right harry dean stanton and they come up yeah. to the fence. And Always comes... great to see a harry dean stanton yeah he's their dad which i don't see what evolution produced yeah, well, we don't see the mom. Yeah, she must have been tall, muscular, and hot. <laughs> um, anyway, so <laughs> uh, the, the dad's like, don't talk. Don't you say anything to me. I'm going to say some stuff to you. I know that I was always hard on you. Meanwhile, they're calling him daddy, which mm-hmm. is like such an odd, mm-hmm. you know, like that's very childish and affectionate. And this guy, Harry Dean Stanton, is like, I know that I was really tough on you. And I know that you hated me, but this is why. And, oh, really? This is why? And if this didn't happen, so you're just a dick. Yeah. This is why I knew. I, I knew there was going to be a World War Three. No, you didn't. That's like every, well, you... every dad who's like, you, you know, raising their kids that way to just be like, ha-ha, vindication. I knew this would happen. No, you didn't. And then he says to them, like, mom's dead. Don't cry. Never cry again. <laughs> and Never then la- think and- of me again. Yeah, that's a little. 
It's yeah. a little much. It's so harsh. And then and then and, he's like, you better get out of here. And you better get out of here. You're going to get caught. And then as soon as they're like eight feet away, he screams, avenge me. Avenge you? Who the frick are you? We're not like, the fucking Avengers. Yeah. What do you, well, you owned a shop. And We're you the had, pre-Avengers. Yeah. You, you don't. Okay. All right. Thanks. Although, also, by the way, thanks for shouting uh-huh. as we're trying to like. But it wasn't like, I love you. It was, avenge me. What? <laughs> Save my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Clear my browser history. <laughs> and then later, we've got, um, you know, jumping ahead when it, Patrick Swayze trying to comfort one of the others. is like, don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Let it turn into something else. Let it turn into something else. Bottle it up. Let it turn into something else. And he, you know, that's one of the things, too, that I, I kind of, like, didn't hate about this movie is that then he does cry. And, yeah, he's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm going to hide in the woods and, and cry on my own. But at least he does mm-hmm. let himself feel that emotion. There's a twig in my eye. And, and... Right at the end, he does say to Charlie Sheen, "Like I love you, mm-hmm. just I, just so you know, I love you." And Charlie Sheen says, "I know Star Wars reference, perhaps, but no, it couldn't be right. It's too early. No, it's the same year. <laughs> no, no, eighty four. When is Empire? Uh, eighty two. Ah, oh no, eighty, eighty. Duh. Empire Strikes Back is nineteen eighty. Yeah. Okay, I, I will take your Return word. Return of the Jedi is eighty three. So okay, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but Charlie Sheen's like, I know, and I love you too. Mm-hmm. Right, and so there's it's many shades of gray. It's not yeah. like it's not. Yeah, and that's what I really appreciated that this wasn't ramming patriotism down your throat. Absolutely, which you could... rarely see any American infrastructure. Like barely, barely, barely. Do you oh get yeah, we get one dude. We one get Powers Booth. Powers Booth, baby. <laughs> um, so before we get to that, they go to a cabin of some other like mountaineer people who are just like living off the land or whatever that they know. Um, and they're giving them news, which mm-hmm. is important. They give them a little bit of like supplies, weapons and things. And they also give them. Take our daughters. <laughs> they also give them uh, Leah Thompson mm-hmm. and Jennifer Gray. Mm-hmm. And they're like, these are granddaughters. Please take them with you and take care of them and stuff. Um, oh, but there is one moment that I wanted to point out. So the Steve Thomas Howell, who's like a little bit crazy at this point, yeah. he keeps asking what happened to his mom and dad. Um, and they're like, the people in the cabin are like, oh, I'm so sorry. Your your dad's dead. Um, I'm so sorry. And he, he's like, and they're like, but your mom is missing. Or they're like, we don't know what happened no. to your mom. And he's like, I have no one. I have no one left. And they're like, we just said your mom might be fine. <laughs> There's nothing left for me. Ah. Like, Okay, dude. Um, but I like Leah Thompson and Jennifer Gray. They mm-hmm. are damaged. Like you can tell that like bad things happened to them yeah. on their on their escape. Um, but they are bad bitches. Like they at no point mm-hmm. are like save me, Patrick Swayze. Mm-hmm. They're like I'm not washing your dishes. Don't you dare speak to me that way. I can shoot a gun and ride a horse and do every single thing that you can do. So just get out of my face, Charlie Sheen. They are not <laughs> having it. Um, and Char- I, Charlie I like Sheen's uh, feature film debut, by the way. What was it? I I was a bit impressed by him. He, you can tell that he got he had a touch of the acting. Uh huh. And then uh, too much of the cocaine. I don't know. <laughs> um, but he's I think he's good in yeah. this movie. Um, so then there's a huge chunk of just 
war movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I will say, too, that, like, there are a lot of movies that you can look at and say, like, there are no women in this movie. And if, they are, if there are women in this movie, they don't have agency. They don't have strength. Mm-hmm. Not so in Red Dawn. Right. So you have to give it that credit. I right. It's, it, this movie's problems are different problems. That's true. Um, <laughs> so we learn that little Mr. Uh, class president is the mayor's son. Uh-huh. And the mayor is like, and what is the name of that actor who plays the mayor? Do you know? He's in basically everything. I can find I'm out. I'm blanking. But he is selling people out. Yeah. He is t- naming names. He is handing over these... The politicians, man. He's handing over um, the other families, you know. And so as a result, they start lining people up and slaughtering them. Yeah. Mass graves, shooting them. And it's it's really scary. Um, then you get the whole question of like, oh, no, maybe we should stop, you know... We are causing them to do that. And then they keep having to have the conversation of like, we're not causing them to do that. They're doing that. We're trying to stop it from happening. Yeah. Right? Um, And it's just like a lot of that. There's a lot of, we're ambushing people. We're blowing up uh, bars. We're, you know, going into town and taking things and dropping off bombs and this and that, you know, and and it goes on for quite a while. Yeah, that's the movie's biggest issue with me is that it's just there's not really much of a a direction it's driving towards Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of little sequences of ambushing this transportation then do we it's it's just very each of these these situations are very interesting and realistic in terms of like the the military strategy that they're using but it's just such a long sequence of this that Mm. you just find yourself like how much is left in this movie? Where are we going? Exactly. Like you're, it blurs, and I think that's a point, right? Is that yeah. it, it, all of it's futile? It's just I punch you, you punch me. I slap you, you slap me. Like oh my god, it's so it's mm-hmm. so never ending and stressful. So when Powers Booth finally does fall out of the sky, it's like thank God we needed a break <laughs> from this. Um, and he is like a military. He so he gives them a lot of information. He gives them some guidance, like. Yeah. He hangs out with them and they do some missions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he gets killed. <laughs> and that's kind of like, would you say the turn, like after that thing sort of get the, desperate. Yeah, the dark point. Yeah. Um, the the communists are getting scolded because they have these um, traitors or gorillas in their midst. Ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> they keep like the the kids are like Wolverines because that's uh-huh. their high school. Yeah, mascot. they're they're having tons of success. They they want the the U.S. military wants to supply them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then we haven't talked about so it's not just the Russians. In fact, it's primarily the Cubans right. that are, are are on this leg of the attack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, Powers Booth talks about the strategy that they've been doing and and, and effectively. I believe that they nuked a couple of very strategic yeah. sites mm-hmm. that wouldn't allow America to retaliate as, as uh, in terms of a nuclear capability. Mm-hmm. And so, what they've really done is that they've they've really just kind of dug in, and 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 now it's 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 not so much of like a a blitzkrieg of the of the enemy just constantly moving, is that they've dug in, and and the U.S. is split down the middle, and mm-hmm. it can't. It can't break the line. It can't. Mm-hmm. 
get them out of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. All right. I like all the scenes of them being like, what? what is a wolverine? Oh, it's a little mm-hmm. rodent. <laughs> it's a little mammal. That... It is like a badger, but fiercer. Yeah, and they have pictures yeah. uh, uh, on their little like whiteboard mm-hmm. of wolverines. <laughs> of like the creature uh-huh. wolverines. I don't know. That tickled me. Um, but they know who these kids are, mm-hmm. right? Um, anyway, yeah, it's just like resistance, resistance, resistance. So one of the, was it the mayor's son? Somebody betrays them and gets caught and is forced to swallow a tracking device. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, the mayor's son, yeah. That's when they lose Powers Booth. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, they've basically got a, a, a winter. So at this point, they're now in the dead of winter. Mm. Everyone is freezing their genitals off. And it, <laughs> um, and so you've got, like, this, this winter strike team coming out after them in the mountains, you know, following them wherever they go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're picking them off. They're picking them off or whatever. But then they have that really, like, of course... We can't kill him. He's one of us. Well, he betrayed us. Well, mm-hmm. but we're but gotta be better than them. Well, but do we really? And then see Thomas Howell while they're fighting, just just like pop up. Yeah, I, you were boring me. Uh huh. Yeah. Get out of here. Never miss an opportunity to kill somebody. And then it, just again it goes on and uh-huh. on and on and on. Uh huh. And then they finally get busted. They sort of fall into a trap of trying to get some food. And they just all get killed, except uh, the la- the final four mm-hmm. end up being Patrick Swayze, Charlie Sheen, Leia Thompson, and a fourth guy. And, a f- and friends. Yeah, the <laughs> fourth guy. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, in terms of like, uh, you know, the, the the issues I had with this movie is is that it does kind of, kind of become a long string of events, and there's not some big goal that they that yeah, they're really the, trying to achieve it's at not the like end. we're gonna take out the base or we're gonna liberate this they do like liberate a camp and sort of you know set some people free mm-hmm. but yeah you're right yeah, it's it, not like if well if we blow up this death star you see everything right. will be fine this one calm tower then all the tanks in the entire country will turn off yeah yeah i know I, I i appreciated the realism but it, it they also I just it needed... also makes it way less of a fun movie. Yeah, it, it, it just it it just gave you less of a target to hit that you were kind of anticipating towards the end. Um, I did like how they made the like the Cuban general humanized, you know, and he was kind of missing his family, and he was kind of rolling his eyes at the Russians and their beliefs. Like mm-hmm. the, the 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 Cuban general, he was like, you know, no, we're fighting like. You know, this is like a Vietnam. These these dudes are entrenched, you know. And he says, like, I was always on the other side. I don't know how to do this. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. We will defeat them. And, and it's like the like the Russian speeches is all platitudes mm-hmm. rather than specifics, you know, mm-hmm. rather than strategy. And so um, it, it was nice that we were kind of even humanizing the other side. Yeah. Because and he says, like, we need to win their hearts and minds in that mm-hmm. scene, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Russian guy's like, what is that? What are you talking about? <laughs> And we don't get it. Yeah. Um, and then later they're like, so you've been trying to combat these wolverines by um, killing the people you have in your possession. But if you if a wolverine eats your chickens, why would you shoot your pig? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I was like, yeah, oh, he was saying okay. for, for every one of those people, I, I I know for every one of those people you kill, you create a, a new Wolverine. Right. Exactly. Because you know? um, that's how biology works. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, but that is kind of like, I get it that that's sort of the point, but that is mm-hmm. what makes it drag on and on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But the scene and the thing that like really like, stayed with me after i saw this movie which i did see when i was like a young person <laughs> um is the p- moment where jennifer gray who's been very brave and like is never afraid like she is she's like oh no i'm i'm just a girl i can never don't take my basket soldier mm-hmm. and lo and behold it's full of grenades and she's blowing up people left and right <laughs> she's like she gets hit and she's like i you don't let them take me i just I don't. I need it to be not them who takes me. So Patrick Swayze gives her a grenade, <laughs> and like uh-huh. as a final f you, uh-huh. she lays down on it so that when even after she's dead, if someone comes to pick up her body, they nice. get exploded. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that like always like I don't know why that stuck in little Chrissy's yeah mind. Uh-huh. And then the end of the movie, the movie just ends, and like there's no even Leia Thompson and friend get away. <laughs> <laughs> and they sort of give us the last voiceover of the movie. Mm-hmm. But like Charlie Sheen and, and Patrick Swayze, we assume that they die. Die in the park. Both yeah. get shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they go to a children's play park and they're like, we did it. We did it. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. Like it's very, mm-hmm. But the general lets them go. Mm-hmm. Right. He sees that they are wounded and bloody and fought hard and just lets them walk away. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? I like it. Yeah, it is very sad though. Yeah, yeah. I I don't mind the sad ending. It's just it just felt like it. The movie still didn't kind of like stick the ending. Mm. You know, didn't stick the landing. Mm-hmm. Oof, it's a tough one. It is a it tough is. one to evaluate. It yeah, it, like in hindsight, I feel like this movie is much stronger when you think about like some of these classic moments. Because even even me not having seen the whole thing through knew just through you you just know through popular media Mm. like what are some of these moments like the wolverines popping up from the field and those secret little hideouts and shooting them and 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 like the teacher getting killed and the paratroopers flying down and things like that Mm -hmm. you get some of that stuff and 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 just the concept itself is strong you know there's just too much movie and there's not an uh, i felt like a clear enough uh, thing at the end it's kind of like what do you do with like 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 the Spielberg um, War of the Worlds, which which was not perfect either? It had kind of a goal for the main characters, mm-hmm. you know, like he he needed to be reunited with his his son, you know, like the people that he ended up with, like they were trying to take out a thing. Yeah, I'm taking out one of the aliens, and they found out that it was dead. And yeah, yeah I don't know. It, it, it's it's hard. It, that's also it's also been a while since I've seen that movie, but it just needed something to bookend it a little yeah. more. You know, just like maybe even one something that can be called victory of some kind. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess Leah Thompson and friends survive, but yeah, they no, weren't even. I still like. Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen dying. Yeah, yeah. No, me too. Me too. For but it's sure. like if they had given some kind of like Leah Thompson, we see that she's like broken throughout mm-hmm. the movie. But if if they had like, and here we have Pony Boy mm-hmm. and Patrick Swayze, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. If they had given one character even like a little bit more importance, like you're somehow 
you know, like Pony Boy, like somehow you're special because you're like extra sensitive or you're like you have this beautiful talent or something. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we, we we will all live on. Yeah. As long as you live on. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like I, an emotional ending. Yeah. An emotional yeah. thing that like, oh, because Leah kind of, Thompson survived, yeah. we feel like that was by itself success. If they had had, if there had been a love maybe even between yeah. Leah Thompson and, yeah. and Patrick Swayze. It, it almost kind know, of feels like the movie just kind of winds down. It does. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know? it doesn't, it takes its time, uh-huh. but yeah. it does wind down. Uh, yeah. And so like, I, I wouldn't say that I enjoyed watching it i enjoyed i enjoyed watching patrick swayze and his performance i enjoyed being surprised by how much i liked charlie sheen Mm -hmm. um yeah it wasn't fun in any way yeah yeah i think that's kind of my experience too i'm glad that i have now seen it Mm -hmm. but the experience of it kind of just drags on a bit it sure does yeah and so it's it's kind of hard to say like do you recommend it like Mm -hmm. why I wouldn't recommend it right. if you if I was you're like oh I haven't seen Red Dawn if you were like into war movies yeah I'd be like oh well, you should definitely see it's definitely Red re- Dawn. I would say in a lot of ways it's required reading mm-hmm. if movies are reading and that's the only kind of well readness I have yeah I I think that's it's an important movie to see in the in the eighties portfolio you know yeah but in terms of it being a a a fantastic experience that you're going to gather other friends around and see. Mm-hmm. It's more of a background movie where you just pick up bits of it, you mm. know, as you go. In terms of a whole experience, I feel like it's just not as solid as I was hoping for. But do you feel like you can see, like, the impact of this movie on other movies? Like, film filmatically? Like, do you see influence or something created by I, yeah, I, I Yeah, I would say probably. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... I can't point to anything specific, but just the idea that that these teenagers have to grow up in a very adult situation mm-hmm. with no like other you know like this kind of this horrible trial by fire you know um, coming of age story. Yeah, I feel like it had some degree of resonance. Coming of age and immediately getting murdered. Congratulations, <laughs> uh-huh. you're of age. Die, it's it's, die, it's die. also kind of Lord of the Flies, too, yeah. in a certain way, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 because they're on their own. One of the few books I read. <laughs> okay, so um, on a scale of one bazooka to ten bazookas, uh-huh. how many bazookas <sighs> would you give? Five, maybe 4.5. Okay. That's you know. very low Nathan yeah. rating. Yeah, it's just yeah, it and I'm a big fan of John Milius, you know, and uh, especially of of Conan the Barbarian, which mm-hmm. I think is is a great film. It's like I again one of the barometers is how many times you have to pause the movie and, and see how, how much, much is, is left. left. And 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 this was certainly not what some movies have been <laughs> that we've seen on this podcast. Yeah. But I I've probably paused it at least 3 times. Which... I fell asleep on it twice. Like two times I was like, well, time to buckle uh-huh. down and watch the rest of Red Dawn. Yeah. And and would be like, nope, going to sleep. And yeah. then like completely overestimated, like underestimated how much of the movie could possibly be left. Mm-hmm. Like a super cut of this movie, like a 45 minute super cut of this movie would be great. Would be powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. 
they just didn't need as much of it. And it like, you know, they and it says like, oh, he's trying to show the futility of war. And it's like, yeah. okay, but it's, it doesn't need to be the futility of <laughs> right. a movie. I've got a lot like, of futility in my life. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh-huh. Cut some of that out. And it is like there are several murder montages. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need one less murder montage. Maybe you one know? less. I take yeah. two of them out. Mm-hmm. Let's, ha- let's just have one murder montage that shows us. That they have are doing these slapping and getting slapped back. Mm-hmm. I don't need to keep going back to it. But now Powers Booth is here. Let's do it again. Like we get it mm-hmm. enough. Um, I think I have to go slightly higher. Like I think I would go five point five. Like approaching. <laughs> this movie puts us in the point fives. It like does. it's 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 not an easy cut and dry thing. No, because I do think it is a good movie. Yeah, and I do think that Patrick Swayze is particularly great. In mm-hmm. it, yeah. Um, like he naturally just brings it up a point five, even if he doesn't say any, doesn't he, he absolutely do anything. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think he was definitely like you know, but Patrick Swayze has that thing where it's like he is like you know, like we talked about in Roadhouse, he is like a beefcake of a man. Like he is, even yeah. though everyone is saying he's short, like he's a man. Like he's mm-hmm. built well and he's is strong and he like exudes that strength. But he also has like. A, a nougaty center of sensitivity that's always there. Like, you know that, like, even if he's going to yell at you to not cry and to turn it into something else, if you go in for a hug, you're getting a hug. Yeah, and absolutely. And it's going to be a warm, beautiful hug. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, so so I think, like, I think I would go 5.5, like, maybe okay. edging to a 6, because, you know, I do think it's a good movie. It's just no fun to watch. <laughs> this is the best movie that is no fun no to watch. No fun. Well, but I mean, like I would say, Saving Private Ryan isn't fun to watch. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, okay, so do you have a deep cut recommendation? Yes. So if you loved this movie, or if you wanted more out of this movie, i.e., if you wish that this movie had instead Chuck Norris in it. Then I'm going to so say we. This is a movie that we even wanted to do for the podcast, we and did. we still can if we ever find it available. Yeah. So it, it's just on Stars right now. It was on Amazon. They've got windows of availability. Oh, I see. So, Invasion USA from 1985. <laughs> so all apparently all international terrorists get together for a coordinated strike to attack America, and who can stop them? Well, it's Chuck Norris. And so if you wanted even more bazookas, at the end, there's even an indoor bazooka fight of this movie. Wow. And and honestly, like... It's like, that's like really next level laser tag. It's it's cra- it's insane and it's campy, but mm-hmm. there's some scenes that that way over. T- it, it, there's got to be a connection between Red Dawn. So it's a year later in Invasion USA because you get kind of the shit that you were missing in Red Dawn. Mm-hmm. Like there's a tank fight in the streets. Mm-hmm. They blow up a mall and it's like they blow up a mall. Like they're fighting in a mall. And so you get kind of like the big battle scenes that you were kind of missing. And then you get Chuck Norris shooting bazookas at people. Nice. So. Very good. Invasion USA is mm-hmm. my recommendation. Um, so speaking of, do you wish someone else is in this? Like <laughs> Emilio Estevez was originally cast to be in the Patrick Swayze role. <sighs> yeah. Can you imagine what a garbage movie that would have been? Oh, man. I would have loved to have Emilio Estevez as one of the other As characters. one of the other brothers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, okay. And, of course, there is a remake of this mm-hmm. uh, with Chris Hemsworth and Liam Hemsworth. 
Yeah. I didn't see it. No, me neither. Assuming you didn't either. Universally panned. I think it was even wasn't even kept like in post production for a couple of years because they wanted to wait until like Thor came out and then they released it. They were like, "You guys really like? You're gonna like Chris. It's Chris Hemsworth. Mm -hmm. We like him." I don't know. I didn't see it. Um, Not many people did. (laughs) And then just because I I'm always forgetting to say. Uh, in 1984, of course, the number one movie was Ghostbusters, followed by Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Gremlins. And Red Dawn uh, came in 19th. Okay. So, it did, so respectable. Did well. Yeah, definitely respectable. Uh, so my deep cut recommendation um, is a podcast uh, called My Favorite Murder. Mm-hmm. It hardly needs my recommendation because I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's like the number two podcast in the entire world uh, behind like Joe Rogan. But it's basically like, uh, yes, it is true crime. It is like stories of, of murder and disaster and things like that. Uh, but the reason I recommendation it, the reason I recommendation it mm-hmm. is because sort of the underlying truth to like why people like true crime and things like forensic files and things like dateline so that you can sort of like always be preparing the back of your mind for that worst case scenario yeah so i think in addition to improvisers like murderinos and people who are into true crime would also as soon as they see those paratroopers coming down be like i've prepared my whole life for this you know like harry dean stanton yeah well Mm -hmm. yeah as soon as you see that that you know gold colored Volkswagen driving up on you and some guy being like, my arm's broken. Help me with my groceries. You're like, not today, Satan. Um, so like, it sort of just like gives you that extra booth of extra booth. It gives extra you powers extra booth. powers booth. He falls out of the sky to help you mm-hmm. of like preparedness of like knowing what can happen uh, and, and not to have that denial that it can't. Yeah. Uh, in particular, I'd like to recommend episode 192, sticking together and helping out. Uh, uh, during which they tell the story of the o- Overstegen sisters and Hani Schaft, who were teenage Nazi killers. Ooh. Very Red Dawn, like real-life Red Dawn. Like, they lived in a village that had been um, occupied, and these teenage girls would do, like, everything that Jennifer Grey was doing. Like, mm-hmm. they would uh, murder, they would lure these men in, you know, and, and murder them, and they you know, later in life said um, the ones who survived were like, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. We hated it. Like every person we killed is still with us because they were young too. And like, yeah, but we had to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I recommend that uh, twofold. Cool. Twofold recommendation. Uh, you can find me um, online at anywhere NCT Phoenix is found uh, at NCT PHX on the Instagrams and the tweets. Uh, my personal one is at KLens37. Uh, you can find me at National Comedy Theater The Place. If you're in Arizona, uh, come see me do some improv um, live on stage. Um, and Nathan, where can people find your award-winning <laughs> short films? Um, and squish- tell, us, tell us a little bit about that. Oh uh, yeah, so we just we just recently did a, a, a short film which we won uh, first place comedy. Um, you at, swept the comedy swept. <laughs> awards. Don't be modest. You won um, like everything. And so the, the short film is called Star Saga, which mm-hmm. in some ways is kind of a parody of these uh, fan films. You know, in some ways it's a ribbit at ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the the whole concept bet- of the short film is that it's a huge ambitious like web series uh, that they didn't 
successfully finish their crowdfunding campaign, and and so it's a big sci-fi bonanza, and they finish none of the visual effects. And it's really funny. And of course, um, uh, past and future guests, uh, mm-hmm. including Logan Blackwell, Craig <laughs> Curtis, who is also the co-writer, yes, uh-huh. and um, of course, Adam Rainey, who also won Best Comedy Performance. Uh, he, he won uh, Best Actor. Best Actor, yes. Yeah. Well-deserved. Uh, and also uh, Alice Baker, who was on our uh, mm-hmm. Bonsai Buckaroo. Yeah, she helped produce it. She helped produce it. So it's like it's like a Squishy Studios <laughs> uh, most excellent bonanza. So yeah, you can you can check it out at squishystudios.com. Um, and then also we're starting up a newsletter. Ooh. So if you just go to Squishy Studios, you'll you'll I'm sure you'll get a pop up or you can find a link there. And so that's going to be the best way that you can find out about upcoming short films or projects or if you're you want to kind of know more of a behind the scenes of about filmmaking and things like that. We've got a filmmaker blog that's going to be posted on the the newsletter as well. Awesome. Highly recommend. Um, And of course, you know, this is the boring end of the podcast. Like, rate, review, thumbs up, stars, stripes, banners, bazookas. Do everything that you can do to share this podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, And it really, truly does help. It helps us to make more podcasts and it helps you to get more podcasts. And just, just do it, all right? Just if you haven't done it, just do it. Um, and, um, thank you for listening. Uh, remember when you're out there in the world, keep the most excellent eighties movies podcast motto in mind. Be excellent to each other and party party on dudes. Avenge me. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs)